you know, there's a lot of sports psychologists that talk about how um, you have to be in a little bit of a growth mindset in order to learn, right? So you have to step just outside of your comfort zone into the growth zone. And to do that, you can't be afraid to make a mistake because you have to stick your neck out to get into the growth zone, right? And you can't punish somebody for being confused because there's usually, if somebody doesn't do what you tell them to do, it's probably for one of three reasons, right? They're confused or they're scared or they don't care. Welcome to the Major League Eventing Podcast, the show for eventing fans by eventing fans. And Karen, we love Cowboy Magic. We talk about it all the time. What are we highlighting this week, Karen? This week we are highlighting Cowboy Magic's Super Body Shine. I love the Super Body Shine, Karen. Right, and it's formulated to give Harry Super Shine. And it helps repel show ring dust and dries fast. Yup, it has aloe vera in it. Uh, helps strengthen and condition the hair and skin. Sure so, does. obviously, uh, you know, you, you want your horse to shine up. E- even in this time of year, let's say you got that sale horse. It's winter. The, the coat's coming in a little bit. Give a little bit of shine, kind of get that winter coat, a little bit of a shine. Or you're going out and doing that winter. So, you know, we're up in the winter cold, Karen. <laughs> we sure are. <laughs> People are still doing jumpers and dressage shows all through the winter, even in the north, folks. Yes, yes, sure so, are. Want to look your best. Yes, always want to look your best. And, and it helps to repel the dust and dirt. So, you know, before you put your horse out, it's not just about the show ring. It's about helping to kind of, let's alleviate these these stains from getting in there. Right, Karen? Right. It reduces your number of trips to the wash rack as well. So in wintertime, that's very important. Yep, for sure, for sure. So thank you very much, Cowboy Magic. It's, a, it's available in... 16 ounce, 32 ounce, and a full gallon, Karen. So, you know, when you got that big barn, you're going through this. So, you need the gallon. Oh, yeah. Go straight to the gallon. So. <laughs> right. <laughs> Little goes a long way, but you're going to want to use this all the time. So, thank you very much, Cowboy Magic. Hey, Karen, Fairfax and Favorite is not all about boots. No, it's not. It's also got great accessories for you yeah. and your dog. Your doggy. When do you like to match your dog, Karen? Uh, yeah. Of course, of course. And my favorite belt, they have the Hampton belt, which is a leather belt that has a raised contrasting suede inner stripe. And the brass buckle has their Fairfax and Favor logo. Yep, you have the belt and it looks fantastic. I do. I love it. It's, It's my favorite belt that you have for sure. Right. And the stripe, it does come in some different colors and you can get your boot tassels to match your belt. Very, very cool. How about the dog collar? Can you get that to match? Uh, well, you could get the Fitzroy dog collar, and it does come in different styles. And um, so you can match your dog going for your walks. That sounds very, very cool. Walking style. Diva starter set. I love it. <clears throat> you match your belt, your dog collar, your tassels. What more could you ever want? I don't know. I don't know. Everyone, go check it out. Go to fairfaxandfavor.com. Triple Crown Feed. Oh, Karen. yeah. Triple Crown. Big fans of Triple Crown Feed. Um, they have uh, t- tons of, of great products out there. Mm-hmm. Premium stuff. Karen, what do you got to say over there? So Triple Crown has formulas that are tailored to your horse's unique needs and help support immunity and gut health. Find your local Triple Crown Feed dealer by going to triplecrownfeed.com. 
TripleCrownFeed.com. That's a little bit of a tongue twister. TripleCrownFeed.com. They have a great feed locator. They have a great feed com- comparison tool on their website. I encourage everyone to get over there. Check out Triple Crown Feed's website. Check out the different products. Check out what makes them so special. And give them a shot right here. Oh, yeah. Support the people to support the show. Taylor Harris Insurance Services. There for all equestrians, amateur and the professional. For all types and all breeds. No matter what discipline or level, Taylor Harris is committed to excellence in serving you and protecting the horses you love. Taylor Harris Insurance Services, your worldwide equine insurance specialists. I'm Rob. And I'm Karen. And Rob's super excited about today's guest. Yes, ma'am. Very, very excited. So we have advanced rider Stephanie Kaufman. Stephanie, welcome. Hi guys! Hi! It's so good to finally meet you. Yeah, we see you nice on the on the scoreboard all the time, but never got to meet you. Yeah, it's funny because I I feel like I'm always zooming around, but I kind of am usually running back and forth fast enough that I kind of wave at everybody as I go by and go, "Hey!" So, <laughs> uh, so you're coming to us via Zoom, uh, so we yes. could see you. But where are you at exactly? Um, well, my farm is located in Reddick, Florida, but my house is actually in Silver Springs, which is a little bit east. Um, so I'm coming from essentially all around Ocala. <laughs> all around. <laughs> all around. <laughs> That's funny. <laughs> That's funny. <laughs> uh, so what's the temperature like down there? We always like to ask. Oh, okay, so I competed on... Sunday and it was 84. Ooh. Yesterday was lovely. It was beautiful. Today it was like 55 degrees and pouring rain, and I thought I was going to freeze to death. So <laughs> I'm, sure, I'm sure all the northern people have zero sympathy. So <laughs> no, <laughs> and I don't blame them for spoil. <laughs> well, you spend enough time up here. You know what it's about. Oh yeah, but I always I was lucky because I always ran away down south for the winter. So. I always considered it a good winter when I never saw a snowflake. <laughs> yeah, true. <That'd> be nice. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> uh, so, Stephanie, can you take us back and tell us how you got your start in riding and then into eventing? Yeah. So, I was always a horse crazy kid, but before then, even, I was always a really avid book reader. And there was a book series called the Thoroughbred Series. And in the later iteration, the the main character goes eventing. I had no idea what this is, but I decided that this was the thing for me. Um, So I was just a lesson kid in the local lesson barn in in Malvern, Pennsylvania at Thorncroft. And I finally convinced my mom that this was not a passing phase, convinced her I should get a horse, wandered across the street to Chris Grant's at Aliquippa, and she helped me find a horse and the rest was kind of history. So um, I kind of went pretty quickly from lesson kid to, I had a couple prelim horses by the time I was 18, but it was all horses that I developed and kind of like, a. I had a really lovely Irish horse, uh, that I brought up that was really tough for me, but taught me a ton. Um, but also one that, you know, he was a little bit difficult and he taught me how to ride a horse that was a little bit sensitive and a little bit worried about things. So you know, in some ways I was lucky because I never had the traditional packer, but I had some nice horses to ride. Cool. Malvern, that's right up the road. That's not yeah, too far. That's not far from I here. I didn't realize you were so local. I knew you worked local, but I didn't know you were from, you know, not in the, 
Yeah. You just interviewed Hillary Moses and she actually took over Aliquippa from, uh, from Chris. So she's actually at the barn that I grew up in. Oh, wow. Yeah. Oh, yeah. That's so cool. That's so funny. I, yeah. I recognized the name yeah. and I was like, oh, I was thinking that and I was like, oh, but I don't want to. Yeah. Don't want to say the wrong person. Don't want to say wrong. <laughs> yeah. I've, it's that not my style to say, put my foot in my mouth. <laughs> no. <laughs> <laughs> so, so, so did you, uh, you know, you gave us a very kind of brief kind of thing. Now, when did you, did you always know you wanted to be a professional? Was it young? Was it at that time that you knew you wanted to be a pro or did you, uh, like, did you go to college or did you or take the work in student route? What did you do? How did you? So I always worked at the barn that I was, um, I was at and I helped Chris out a bunch. I kind of was like, I was the barn manager on the days that our barn manager had off, even, even when I was pretty young. So um, I always, I always was in a position where I could learn how to be responsible and, you know, how to take good, good feedback and learn from my mistakes and, you know, always try to do the right thing. Um, I worked at Malvern Saddlery for a year. So I worked retail, which I think anybody who wants to be a professional in any industry should work retail, learn how to be empathetic to these poor retail workers. Um, and I also did some college cause I was homeschooled. So I did a bit of that. I was really interested in journalism. I got some really good grades, but the horses kind of kept calling me back. And I made a promise to myself that I was going to try and go and learn as much as I could, do the best I could. And I was going to reassess when I was 25. I was going to give myself enough time to give it a fair shot. And if I got to 25 and I went, you know what? I just don't think this life is for me. Then I was going to go back to school and give something else a good run. So finished working up at the tech shop. Um, and I actually went and I was a working student for a year for a straight dressage rider. I worked for Susan Graham White, who is, um, everybody will know her as a dressage judge and president of the ground jury at a lot of the big events. She's a wonderful person. She's like family to me. Um, so I got some really good dressage from her. And then I went to, uh, to work for Missy and Jessica Ransahausen and I stayed there for almost five years. Wow. So there you yeah. go. I mean, more, more, more awesome dressage background for sure. And yeah. then obviously then you have Missy and I guess Missy's, I got Missy does everything eventing, but her mom Missy does everything. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, her yeah. mom's they're, the dressage they're, queen they're, in the barn there. Right. Yeah. Well, Missy's got great dressage shops herself. You know, like when Missy goes to the dressage shows, she usually wins. So she, she, Kind of very quietly goes out and kicks butt with whatever she does. Missy's great. Yeah, we got to get Missy on. I know, I we do. We tried a while back, and I don't know. We got our wires crossed or yeah. something, so we got to get back We got to get her back on. Got to get that Yeah, you Got to get her back on. Yo, Missy, well, we'll save Missy's interview from when yeah. she comes on because she has some cool <laughs> stuff. But So you were there for, you said, for five, five years. years? Almost five years, yeah. Late 20, 20 late 2009 to spring of 2014. Yeah. So I started as a working student, um, spent a long time trotting horses up and down hills because they've got beautiful hills in Chester County. Um, and Missy loves them to be strong and do the hill work. So, um, you know, it's funny what you learn as a working student, like it's not always just lessons and the things that you think you should pay attention to. You know, I spent so many hours and hours and hours trotting horses up hills and you know what it taught me to do is it taught me how to get a horse that's kind of funny in the connection to take its neck out and go into the bridle and trot really well. So all you working students out there, 
hacking around on your phones or trotting the horses going, this is boring. You can still learn. You can still learn something. So keep pushing yourself to discover new things, even when you're, when eyes aren't on you, because you can still learn so much. How about that? Yeah, definitely. Just to work in the hills. Yep. That's awesome. It is. I love that. That's excellent advice. And now, and now were you, uh, did you, so for five years you you were like just a regular working student or did you like become like an assistant rider or something like that? Or is that basically five years of just learning the ropes and really like in depth? A little bit of everything. At one point I did get promoted to being the barn manager, which was great. Cause again, you know, I think that's something that, um, everybody gets into the horses knowing that, you know, oh, horses, but like, guess what guys, horses come with people. So it's still at the end of the day, it's a customer service position. So, you know, I think it's really good, you know, make sure that every morning, like, and this is something that I, I kind of learned to make sure that I talked to everybody who I worked with about and, and I was uh, tried to be really good with, you know, when a client walks into the barn, say, good morning, how are you? Like, make sure they know you that you care and, and it gets really welcoming that way. And if you care and you make sure that everybody's needs are met and everybody's needs are fulfilled, it makes the drama so much less because it doesn't matter if you've got four people doing the same training level. If everybody knows that everybody cares, the whole team is behind them. You might be competing in the same division, but everybody's still competing for themselves and everybody's pulling for you. So, you know, it's really great to, to kind of learn early and be really focused on fostering that really great barn atmosphere where everybody's really kind of going the same direction. Yeah. I love that. Yeah, That's really, really yeah, good. I do. Who I wants drama that. at the barn? I'm just, there's always <laughs> drama at the barn, yeah. but no one wants it. Nobody wants it. <laughs> no one wants it. No one wants it. <laughs> <laughs> I take a quick time after just yes. one second. I have, we have a little bit of a dog issue. Let me, I'm, I'm sorry. One We're going to take a quick time out. One quick time out because I have a dog issue. So no <laughs> what kind of dog do you have? We have a corgi and then a lab mix. Nice. Yeah. Nice. And the lab mix, he's downstairs whining for some reason. I don't know. <laughs> and then it's getting the other one going. <laughs> it's always something. It's funny because I live um I live kind of halfway between Ocala and and actually Rockmore. So I live a little bit in the woods. Okay. Uh, because my other half is a skydiving instructor. And when we bought this house, we were, it was exactly halfway between Ocala, my farm and, and Skydive Deland. Um, so I'm enough in the woods that we actually have a bear that comes and like rifles around my trash cans a lot, which really freaked oh, no. me out. But now I like open the door, stick my head out. And I'm like, no, get off, get away from my trash can. <laughs> that's my, that's my whole story. Yeah, that's so funny. <laughs> we'll have to put that in the interview. That's funny. I like that story. <laughs> you Sorry missed about it. That. You missed it. You I'm missed done. it. You'll have to you'll hear it later. <laughs> it's all recorded. Sorry about that. No, you're all good. Crazy dogs. Yeah. I didn't know if the other one was he was kind of yelping, so I didn't know if some reason yeah, he was he, hurt. If so he was hurt I'm on the check He's on thirteen, it. so you never know. Yeah. He's an old man. Maybe it was a bear. You never know. Yeah. <laughs> and the corgi thinks it's his job to reprimand them, so we got him. It's, oh yeah, I've known enough corgis. They're the fun place. They're like, now look, mm -mm. Uh, those and wiener dogs. Yeah, he's yelling at the other dog, like, "Hey, keep it down down there." You know, 
there's like, don't you know they're doing stuff? Right. Yes. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. 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 That's it. Us adults upstairs. <laughs> you <know>. Yeah. <laughs> this is one of us. Exactly. Uh, so time in. We're back. Time in. So, okay. So, so you spent the time with the mi- mi- Missy. Um, yeah. And then did you go out on your own from there? Or did you continue working or what did you do from there? No. Um, so in 20, oh gosh, I guess it was actually late 2019, right after I started working for Missy, I bought a young horse from Jenny Brannigan, uh, kind of kept up with her. And then actually in um, the spring of 2014, she'd just gone out on her own and was looking for an assistant. So I got hired on with her as an assistant and uh, I stayed with her until the fall of 2019. Oh, wow. So you, you stay a long time. You don't, you don't mess around with a, a shirt. You're not, no, you're not you know, no, you know, I, I really, I, I think it's worthwhile as long as you're in a good situation where you're learning and you feel challenged in your position, like challenged in a way that you can learn, not challenged in a way that you're, you're having mental breakdowns all the time. But um you know, it's, it's good challenges and you're growing as a person and as a rider and as an equestrian and as a horseman, I think it's really worthwhile staying somewhere long enough that you learn, you actually learn the system. Like one year really isn't enough. Six months is not enough. You can learn, you know, it's still valuable, but if you have the luxury of time that way, you know, and it's, it's hard sometimes like that everybody's got different life circumstances, but you know, I was lucky enough that I was able to stay long enough to, to get as much out of, you know, every program as I could and hopefully brought as much as I could to every program. So, you know, I think when it stops being a place where you feel like you can, you can continue to expand, you know, and I was lucky enough that each time, you know, both of those people had really awesome people that I could kind of hand it over to and feel super good about leaving and knowing that, you know, everything was in good hands. Yeah. So with Jenny, I mean, so Jenny's top horses today were probably just babies when you were there. No, it wasn't that long ago. I, I, but I knew when I first got there, yeah, they were, they were young. Like I did, um, like Twilight Sluss Gleam. I did his four-year-old young event horse qualifiers and things. So yeah, I knew all them as kids. I miss them. (laughs) (laughs) They're they're lovely horses. They're they're very loved, uh, by everybody there. And, and I really miss them. So you spent all so, this time in PA. Why? How'd you end up in Florida? Well, we always came down to Florida for the winter. Um, and it got to the point where we were kind of six months here, the six months there. I've got a bunch of family that I'm close to down here. Um, but, you know, I had a couple interesting things happen. So um, at the end of 2018, I went to a horse show, had a super great horse show. My mom came, my mom actually did her first training level. She had a superstar mare named Lamondale Florinia that she won a ton on. Um, we had a super fun show. And on the way back from the show, she actually told me that she had breast cancer. Um, and that, you know, it was, it was kind of at a scary enough stage that, you know, I went home and I basically, you know, and I, I feel like I have a pretty good mental game, but I, basically curled up in a ball in the floor of my closet and I cried for 24 hours. And I decided a couple things in that 24 hour period where I did a lot of self-reflection. And one of them was that I had spent the last 10 years basically living in the barn and I loved what I was doing, but I knew who I was and I was really confident who, who I was as Steph, the horse girl 
but I had no idea who I was outside of the barn. And, you know, this kind of revealed to me that although doing the horses was fulfilling and I loved it, as soon as, you know, my world got rocked by that news because my mom and I are really, really close. And I kind of realized that I was missing so much. So um, I kind of realized that I really needed to refocus a little bit and make sure that even as I was doing the best I could to be the best that I could be, I needed to pay a little bit more attention to the real world and to life. So um, she was moving down to Florida. So she was going to at least be down there with me for the winter to start her, her cancer treatment. But I made a promise to myself that I was going to at least once a month go do some real life things and go go do an adventure was kind of my my goal. And because, oh, my gosh, that was probably that was probably the darkest moment of my life. And so for my first adventure, I called Jenny Autry and I said, hey, we should go adventuring. And she said, "Okay, where do you want to go? So we decided we were going to go kayak with the manatees. I thought that sounded like a pretty fun thing because I needed a good pick me up because I was really struggling. And it, then it proceeded to pour like 12 inches in two days and we're texting back and forth. And I'm like, well, have you called them? And she's like, yeah, nobody's answering the phone. Like it might be getting run by the manatees now. Like the manatees might've taken over. <laughs> Don't know. So I started Googling around and, um, they, one of the things that came up was, was indoor skydiving. And I was like, well, what the heck? I've always, I always had said that I, it's something that I had wanted to have already done. So I was like, well, what the heck? Let's just go skydiving. So we went skydiving. It was amazing. It kind of started me down this path where it, it brought the joy back. And I was like, you know, these are really cool people. It's a whole nother, another circle of people. Um, and you know, a couple months later, I actually ended up meeting the, the meeting my other half. Um, so that started a bit of a long-term relationship over the next year. Is so he he's a professional skydiver. Yeah. We actually have a business together. Now we have, um, we opened it in September. It's central Florida skydiving. It's at Marion County airport in Denellen. Wow. wow. That's really cool. Yeah. So, you know, I drive the girls crazy sometimes because I'm like, okay, all right. So we're going to finish the barn. I've got to leave 30 minutes early. I have to run to the DZ to do something there. Sorry. I got to zoom. Okay. I'll be right back. <laughs> so it's always a little bit of everything. How, how many so, jumps do you have out of planes? Oh, okay. So I did the training course to teach you how to become a licensed skydiver is called AFF. So I did AFF in the spring of 2019. And then, so January, February, I got 13, no, 15 jumps in, got 15 jumps in. And then all of March, before we went back up to Pennsylvania, the weather was absolutely terrible. Like every day it was cloudy or windy or something miserable. So Donnie and I just like went to the beach or, or just hung out and had fun. Um, and then that summer was just so busy work-wise up in Pennsylvania that I just didn't get any more jumps in. And then moved back down because I, I started my own business in that fall and then uh, the big surprise, because everybody, everybody all uh, last year was like, are you jumping, are you jumping? And I was like, no. Well, I, re I revealed a year later, now on November 12th of this year, that my daughter just turned one. So I didn't get any jumps in that either. <laughs> so hopefully sometime now that life is a little bit calmer, can get back to it. 
have a really pretty brand new rig sitting in the closet at the drop zone. So soon. <laughs> so you started your equestrian business and picked up this new big time hobby that was becoming, you know, becoming a business and a lifestyle. And yes, so, that was going to so you started yes. two businesses at once that require f- not to be pregnant. <laughs> <laughs> I probably got pregnant. <laughs> yes. Well, well, so the we didn't start the drop zone until this year. So she was uh she was 10 months old. So okay. but you know, nothing like chasing around a one-year-old and running a barn with um, oh gosh, I think we've got about 25 horses right now. Nothing like running a barn with 25 horses to to keep you busy to say, you know what, let's do something else too. Why not? That's all. Awesome. So before we get to the horses, I got to know about Sky. I never skydived. I never. I think no. it'd be fun. You're not going to ever do it. I well, wouldn't do it. Come down. She would never do it. I, I don't know. You probably have a weight limit, but I'm sure there's a weight <laughs> limit. But I have to wear a parachute as my little parachute suit. So I'm working. <laughs> I'm working on it. Uh, how does this work? Do you guys have like an airplane and stuff too? Or is that just like a lease thing? Like you just schedule that? And how does that work? No. So we, we got really lucky. Um, Marion County airport was probably my number one choice. Cause it's a, it's kind of easily accessible to all the major metropolitan areas. It's right next to the rainbow river. It's like 20 minutes from WEC. It's beautiful because you go up to altitude and you go on your skydive and like the Gulf of Mexico is right there. It's stunning. Wow. So yeah, it's, it's great. And we got there and, you know, Donnie said, you know, Hey, is there an airport manager I can speak to? You know, I'm looking for a place to start a business. And they're like, well, funny thing, the lease on that massive hangar right there is, is available in like three months. And we went, all right, sign us on up. So um, we have two Cessna 182s. One is painted the brightest green you've ever seen. Her name is Fiona. Uh, the other one is orange. His name is Nemo. And yeah, we've, we've got two planes going and it's really cool. We've got a bunch of AFF students. We get a bunch of tandems in. We have a really great base of, of licensed skydivers or fun jumpers. And it's so nice. Everybody's so nice. It's so much fun. That's really cool. <laughs> it's really cool. Yeah. Dude, I need to skydive, Karen. <laughs> you got to come Go down. Ahead. I need to. <laughs> I'll watch from the ground. What's the name of the skydiving company again? And where's it out of? It's called Central Florida Skydiving. It's at Marion County Airport in Denellen. So you can actually, you go for a plane ride, you get about a thousand feet up and you go, oh, look, there's Florida Horse Park. It's all right there. Oh, so That's there we really go. Well, you heard it here, folks. You got to, anyone that comes down, so, please go skydiving yes. this winter. Yeah. Tell people you yeah. have it on the show. There you go. <laughs> <laughs> That's funny. So tell us about your horse business that you started. Sounds like that took off and hit the ground running pretty quick with 25 horses in a barn. Tell us all about your barn and how you got started and, and the whole thing. Oh, it's cool. So uh, we have a, it started with a 10 acre property in uh, Reddick and it had a house on it and it had a little barn on it that my builder uh, generously described it as it was built on a Saturday morning off after a hard Friday night. Um, oh. <laughs> so Yes. So I think he said he had to use more wood to straighten it and shore it up than he would if he just torn it down. But we really thought it was charming. So that's the five stall shed row. I've got a 15 stall main barn. And then we've got a five stall kind of annex barn on the 17 acres that we cleared as a riding field. Um, so we've kind of got all the amenities. It's really lovely. I've got a bunch of friends and and uh, great people that come down for the winter, but even full time. Um, 
I've got uh, some really great clients. Everybody's super supportive. Everybody's a really good rider. I have some awesome horses in my barn. Like, I don't know how I got so lucky. Um, I've got uh, some brood mares. I breed some thoroughbreds that go to the thoroughbred sales and we love them and we train them. And then we say, go have a great career and come back to us to be retrained when you're ready. Wow. Um, and I breed a couple sport horses every year. So, um, uh, one of my, well, he's not really a homebred, but I brought him, bought him when he was three weeks old. I've got, uh, my advanced horse. I've got his five-year-old brother that just did his first novice last weekend. And I got him when he was three weeks old. And then I've got their three-year-old younger brother. Uh, we call them the squirrel family. They're all a menace to society and I love them. <laughs> and, um, so I had the, I had their mom who is uh, really super thoroughbred. It's named mystery Oak. She was kind of a celebrity in her own right. Uh, if you followed Denny Emerson's Facebook page, she made a bunch of appearances there. Um, but I've been breeding for, for the sport horses. I've been breeding a bunch of these French horses. So I've got Gary's French, William's French. Um, the middle brother is a songline baby. He's super cool. Um, but all the sport horses I've been breeding for myself, um, and to sell eventually are really cool French horses that good movers, good brains. Like if you can get them on, on your side, they'll jump through fire for you. Just so, so personable, nice horses. Wow. Very yeah. multifaceted. I know. Gosh. <laughs> so how did you get into the thoroughbred breeding and selling? Like, how did that all happen? Like, for, they're, so the guys, they're bred for race, right? They're not bred for sport. These are racehorses. They're racehorses. Um, I, please don't ask me for bloodlines because I have a brain <laughs> like a colander for those. I know the sport horses in and out, but the, the racehorses are kind of mom's gig. Um, my barn builder got me into it, actually. He was doing it, and he actually gave us two mares. So... Their first foals are going to go to the OBS yearling sale at the end of January. Um, so I've got, uh, let's see, I've only got one racehorse baby due for 2022, but I've got two, two sport horses. Yes. Two sport horses. Um, but yeah, we've got the five, the five racehorses. We just sent our first crop of yearlings off at the September uh, OB, no, sorry. It was October at the October OBS sale. It was an experience. It was cool. It's something I'd never done before. Um, but you know, I'm a big believer in it's smart to do some kind of diversified revenue sources for horses. Yeah. Um, and you learn something from everything that you do, don't you? Yeah, so sure. it's been interesting to learn, you know, how to, how to bring up those babies, how they're brought up and, you know, we do it with love and care and, and, you know, in a way that hopefully will serve them well as far as their future soundness and and being a good horse. Yeah, that's really cool. It is. <laughs> that's really cool. That's threw me. I didn't know about this side of the business. That's really cool. The yeah, fun things is. you can learn. I know. The fun things. You it's learn. a lot. It's a lot of walking, especially when it was really hot over the summer. Let me tell you, going all right. We have to grab these fillies and go for a thirty-minute walk around the backfield. It's kind of the last thing you want to do, but it's. it's <laughs> It's good for morale. <laughs> for sure. The um that's wild. So now tell us about the sport horses. Now you said you're I guess you're really big on that a French side. So are the like can you elaborate a little bit on that? Are these all like self francais thoroughbred crosses or is like full like what well, what what do you do there? Uh a little bit of everything. And you know, I'm still a newer breeder, so I don't want to come across as I'm a huge expert, but it's so far I've been 
really excited, especially kind of learning, uh, learning what, what to do and how to do it. I've been really excited about how it's turned out so far. Um, so William, I got him, the Pollards bred him. His, his show name is um, Chatsworth Third Revolution. Um, he is my current upper level guy. And his mother is thoroughbred named Mystery Oak, who is a Babamist. Um, and his father is Ravaud de la Bergerie, who is a French stallion. And uh, I've done a bunch of research because I was trying to find something that was very similar to breed Gary, but I couldn't, which was a shame. But um, so William's father's sire is Oberon du Moulin, who is a self Francais, and the father's mother is um, a whole bunch of French Anglo-Arabians that are from from what a French person who knows told me about the best Anglo-Arabians that the French bred for, for show jumping, like just a really nice cross. And I love him. He's smart. He's tough. Um, you know, he kind of does his very best to give me a run for, the, for my money every single day um, in a very kind way. He's just, he's a funny dude. Um, but he's my best friend and he like, I, I just, I have this very vivid memory of, of being on my first advanced cross country with him at Red Hills. And there was kind of this little funny spot in the woods. And I just, I, it, it had been such a long time coming. Like I almost teared up for a minute. And I was like, you know, I'm so lucky to get to do this with my buddy who I've been through so much with. And I was like, okay, focus, focus, focus. Okay. There's a jump coming up and then we got to get back to the water. But, um, you know, they're, they're kind of like that. Like they're, they're weird. They're quirky. They're, they can be tough. They will absolutely jump through ring fire for you. If you, if you can figure them out. Um, so I kind of did the same thing for Gary. So Gary is more self-francais. He's by this really cool kind of, I think underrated stallion that was standing in Tennessee at the time, uh, who's a Diamant de Simile and, uh, Quidon de Ravel. His name is Diamant de Ravel. And he's like leggy and beautiful. And he looks like an overgrown foal. And the first time I rode him, he kind of grew roots. And then he started bucking. And I've got this great like bronc riding photo series. And everybody was like, oh my gosh, that must have hurt. And I was like, no, it felt like you were sitting on a bouncy ball. Like this horse is going to jump. <laughs> so. <laughs> oh, that's funny. As you're as you're getting bucked around, you're like, "Hey, this is comfortable. It's got scope. All right, we're, we're doing <laughs> yeah, good. We're good." <laughs> yeah, I mean, I definitely I was I was still in the realm at that point, and I I kind of waved to my bar and I was like, "Can you come in and get us help us get going forward, please?" <laughs> but oh my gosh, like by the end of that ride, he was like walk track canner on a soft drain, like took him out, trotted him around my big you know seventeen acre field, and he was like, "Yeah, cool." So you know, if you if you can figure them out. I'll do anything for you. How about that? I'm still kind of hung up on the French bred Anglo Arab. Yeah. I, I never knew such a thing existed. That's interesting. Yeah. And you'd never guess that he just, uh, you know, if you, everybody's like, ah, he's like Oldenburg. Or he, he doesn't look super, you know, he, he just looks like a horse, you know? Yeah. Nice horse, but he, he looks like a normal horse. He doesn't stick his tail in there. Well, if he does, <laughs> I can <drop. laughs> normal horses but with their tail in the air. yeah you're right <laughs> yeah, yeah exactly <laughs> i think arabians are normal horses they're just unique in their own i mean you yeah. definitely can't uh it's like horse and a little something extra yeah, yeah there you go <laughs> a little pizzazz a little, a little pizzazz yeah yeah, yeah. 
you've got that little extra sparkle. And sometimes you get that with the, the French Anglo Arabians too. <laughs> That's awesome. That is so sometimes cool. Sometimes you don't want quite so much sparkle. You're just like, hey, please do less. <laughs> <laughs> Less, less is great. Is um, so are you are you um, backing all these horses and training them all from the ground yourself, or do you have help, or do you send them off, or how do you, how does this work? So last spring, I guess actually it was this spring, I had my friend Colhorn come and get my baby horses going since um, I really wasn't riding while I was pregnant. I was pretty pretty sick, pregnant lady. Um, I think I was sleeping sixteen hours a day because I thought I had mono and was dying mm. half the time. Um, so I was, I was a little useless. I was doing my best, but I wasn't riding. Um, so I had Cole come and, and at least get it to where they weren't going to completely rocket launch me. And he did a super job with them. Um, but no, now I'm doing the rest of it myself. And I spent a whole bunch of time last year, um, with a cowboy named Pete Rada down here, super good. And he really specializes in, you know, communication and getting the horses to relax and all the things you need. And, you know, I called him because I had Gary as a yearling down here and I was leading him around and Gary's always been a total dude. It's, it's William's three-year-old brother and been a total dude, but I got him into the ring. I've got mats at the entrance and I turned him around and was going to leave and he panicked. He could not figure out these mats again, lost his mind. And I felt terrible for him because I, I was standing there realizing that you know, I, okay. I think it would have been really easy to go. Oh, he's just being, a, he's being bad. He's being bad. But I was kind of looking at him going, you know, he just has no idea. And I don't really, I, I think I'm a pretty good horseman, but I don't really know how to explain to this poor horse what he needs to do. Cause I don't quite have the language for something this young. Who's this upset about something. He wasn't being bad. He was just confused and you can't punish them for, for, you can't punish them for being who they are as a person and you can't punish them for making a mistake. And he, he, I couldn't figure out how to get him to calm down enough that I could go, Hey buddy, just look at it. It's fine. Finally did. But I called Pete the next day and I was like, look, I need help. I need to be able to get these horses that are a little tough and a little weird and a little scared. I need to be able to get them a little bit happier and a little bit more confident. So I think I have probably spent at this point, like, 200 hours standing on the field with Pete and he taught me so much and I'm so lucky that I got that time with him um and it's just made every horse on the farm a little better relates to people better you know the ones that kind of come and they're always you know just a little aggressive little all over you a little at you you know now they spend a week or two here and they kind of go oh hey how's it going and they're they're so much more confident when they're like that so um, you know, all of that. And I'm, I'm never afraid to call in a little bit of extra help and a little backup when needed. So yeah. still got, still got Pete on speed dial and yeah. some other good people. But if I, if I get stuck, never be afraid to ask for help. Everybody needs a good cowboy. They know Yes, a good cowboy. Yeah. You know, a the, good the, one. Yeah. The, the, the yeah. Smart a nice, a smart, nice one. Yeah. You don't want somebody who's going to kind of, kind of wallop them into submission, but somebody who can get them a little bit, get everybody on the same page again is invaluable. Yeah, so, sure. and especially, if you, especially if you have somebody who is really, really clever, you know, Pete's clever about being able to get it so that what he does directly relates to how the horses relate to you under saddle. It's really a game changer. Gotcha. Yeah. 
Hmm. Now, do you take in like client horses or students or basically is, is your breeding and training operation of all your own horses? No. Um, you know, the breeding and, and, you know, my own young horses, I, I kind of do it as a side thing. Honestly, I've got a bunch of really awesome clients in the barn and, um, they're always my main focus. I've got, uh, two working students and an awesome barn manager too. try to make sure that everybody's got saddle time among my employees as well. Um, but no, I've got some really, really super clients that are out of venting, um, all have a super sense of humor and they're, I've been lucky that every single person that comes in the barn, you know, if I say, Hey, this hole your horse has, we need to fix it now, or you're going to hit a glass ceiling. Everybody's going to get a little scared. We're going to have to fix it later. We're going to have to fix it then. So, you know, okay. We might need to stay in like two foot three purgatory for the summer or, Hey, this thing on the flat, like your horse isn't through, it's not rideable. Like let's fix that. Everybody's very patient about that. So you know, I'm really lucky that I have a barn full of students that are really dedicated to to learning and, and getting better. And if you look at everybody's Facebook posts, it's hilarious because like everybody's I, I don't think you could ask for a more supportive, kind, lovely group of people. It's really, really cool. Well, I think that starts from the top down and, mm-hmm. and you you already kind of expressed how you like to operate your your operation also. I think that's that's no wonder. It's not a surprise, you know. <laughs> Thank you. No, you know, it's it's cool because I've had a lot of people come, you know, and they take their first kind of their first couple lessons. And I watch people, and it's it's fairly universal, but somebody will, will come and they'll make a mistake. And it might be like a really big mistake in the ring. And they'll stop and they'll look at me and they'll kind of hold their breath. And I'll say to them, it's okay. Like, you're, you're allowed to make a mistake. And they'll kind of look at me again. Like the eyes will get a little bit bigger. I'm like, look, it's just like the horses. You know, you, you can't punish a horse for being who they are as a person and for making a mistake. So, you know, there's a couple things about how people learn, right? Like, especially for a new physical skill, you really can't concentrate on more than three new things at a time. And if it's a big change, it's probably one. So, you can't overload people, but even more than that, you know, there's a lot of sports psychologists that talk about how, um, you have to be in a little bit of a growth mindset in order to learn. Right. So you have to step just outside of your comfort zone into the growth zone. And to do that, you can't be afraid to make a mistake because you have to stick your neck out to get into the growth zone. Right. And you can't punish somebody for being confused because, There's usually, if somebody doesn't do what you tell them to do, it's probably for one of three reasons, right? They're confused or they're scared or they don't care, but it's probably less than 1% that don't care. That's the only reasonable time that you could kind of get up somebody about anything. If you make a mistake, that's a safety hazard. Sure. You know, you need to get their attention kind of hard and fast, but you have to allow people to make mistakes. And if you if you then explain to them, okay, look, that ride, it had these consequences. You know that. So here's how we're going to fix it. You're fine. Take a deep breath. Go do it again. They learn so fast. And then everybody can have fun. And, and learning can be fun. Like, you don't have to be, like, being scared of your lessons isn't productive. So 
don't be afraid. Like if you make a mistake, guys, take a deep breath. It's okay. You're allowed to make a mistake. Try to analyze what went wrong and try it again. And it's probably going to go better, but take that deep breath and go, I'm allowed to make a mistake because I learn more from my mistakes than I do from writing beautiful, perfect rounds in every lesson. And it's okay to make mistakes. You'll all get better and the world will keep turning. Look at that, Karen. Yeah, I know. Stephanie. I know. <laughs> Mic drop right there. Mic drop. <laughs> nice teacher. <laughs> Should have teach me. <laughs> I, like, I like teaching. You know, it used to make me so nervous until I realized that, you know, like, um, oh gosh, what's it called imposter syndrome. You know, it, it's a real thing. And, and, you know, everybody it's, I think there's so many of us that, that, you know, kind of try to pretend that we're like really, you know, this or that, but in reality, like everybody gets nervous and I God, I used to get so nervous to teach until I realized that I had something to bring to the table too. So, you know, it's the same thing. Like I had to kind of stick my neck out in the same way that my students have to stick their neck out to learn. And we all kind of learn together and oh my goodness, I learned so much about my own writing when I have to explain a concept or a feel or something to a student, like if I can't verbalize, okay, so when I go to do my leg yield, if I feel that, hold on a second, what do I do? What am I feeling? And it helps so much for me to be able to verbalize in a way that my student can understand exactly what I do because it gets so much more clarity to my own writing. So that's been really cool. It's been such a fun, such a fun adventure kind of with these awesome people that I love teaching and it's so much fun that is fantastic yeah I love it hey how's mom doing she is great we were so lucky that she had such good care down here so um unfortunately her horse had some medical things that she is now a broodmare because they they weren't things that she could she could genetically pass on um but she's doing dressage on my old three-star horse diligence and they love each other and we're still kind of on the hunt for her next event horse, but she's doing great and she's loving life. And she is living her best grandma life, taking care of Paige every day. Aww, oh, that's, that's awesome. Now she, she organized Radner. Is that, is, does she still do that or? <laughs> yes, she is. Uh, she, she runs cross country. So she goes up for a week or two every year and she loves it. She loves Radner horse trials. So everybody go to Radner. It's a fabulous show. They care so much. And there's, they have really good food at the end. So stop by the competitor's tent and get food because you'll leave with like five plates. It's delicious. We've never done the barbecue. We've never done the barbecue. We've, we've, we've gone to Radnor for the past couple of years and we've never made it to the we barbecue. We just, oops, yeah. we should stick around. We should. I don't know we were allowed to stick around. Yeah, I mean, go get a plate. We, it's delicious. We. We. <laughs> <laughs> we'll send our son home. And we'll, yeah. we'll take, take his absolutely. plate. Absolutely. <laughs> I'm going to be eating barbecue. Yeah. It, yeah. <laughs> absolutely. Renner is very, very nice. Yeah. And they have the hounds, the hounds are, are close by on the property. It does add some excitement, especially if you have a horse that has fox hunted in yes. the past. Yes, yes. yes. Yeah. We had you... one of them. <laughs> and you hear the hounds, and it's like, uh oh. We're like, yeah, sometimes hold on. there's some like mild flailing on the way to cross country, but mm-hmm. you know, then the horses see the cross country jumps and they're like, oh, right, I'm an event horse now. So 
Yep. No, it's a, it's a good show. I've had a lot of fun there. Yeah, yep. Joe rode one that was, he was an active both fox yeah. hunter and event horse at the same time. <laughs> at the same time, yeah. So we heard them out. His ears go up, which actually got him really good and ready for cross country. Yeah, so, yeah. Uh, you know. Hey, it works. Uh, it, it works, right? He didn't hear the hounds during dressage, thankfully. <laughs> he did. He, he did once at Fair Hill. Oh, he he heard, did once yeah, at Fair. <laughs> yeah, it didn't go very well. Yeah, because the no. hounds. Yes, the, the, there was the kennels right by where they did dressage. Yeah. right on the other side of the woods. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's the downside. Yeah. Fox hunting and event <laughs> <laughs> uh, So we do love Radner. We, yeah, we, we try to. We've been there the past couple of years mm-hmm. pretty regular. Mm-hmm. So yeah. Very nice. Yeah, it's a super show. The courses are inviting. You know, there's enough to do, but the courses are inviting enough that it's a good course to, to you know, get out there and kind of be able to kick around and have a really good experience. So, yeah, I've 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 always loved riding there. So and it's kind of cool because I remember, I mean, gosh, I was a kid uh, watching the, the Radner three day and it just feels like a property with a lot of history. So, mm-hmm. you know, even though it's it's up to prelim now it still feels cool to ride around that ground. Yeah. yeah. It's an interesting place. And I won't harp on any longer, but it's very pretty. It, the, the, I guess, I don't know if it's a clubhouse or a wedding venue, what, what we call that, but um, that's beautiful clubhouse. at the clubhouse. Mm-hmm. It's, it's yeah. beautiful. And then, but it's still like small. So you still like, it's very spectator friendly, It's very spectator friendly and everyone's friendly and you get to see people. And then you'll have like uh, the pony club has like their resale shop right there. Mm-hmm. And they have people are shopping for the, for little kid stuff. Uh, so, yeah. And you know, it's, it's cool because it's such a, a kind of love project for all of those people that are involved in it. You know, like they prep all year long for this one show and they care so much and they just, you know, they really do it because they want to give back to the community. And it's cool because that event actually, it, it gets enough sponsorship generally that they can donate a ton back into the community every year. So, you know, they're really doing it just to kind of, promote equestrian sports in the local area, give to the pony club, give to various charities. So I appreciate that. And they just do it to, to make sure that everybody can enjoy their day, you know? Yeah. yeah. No, it's, it's fantastic. Yeah. We love going mm-hmm. there. We do great volunteers. The Boy Scouts help you park. It's a good time. So yeah, shout out. Yeah, they're to really Radford. cool. Shout out to Rad. Yes, Radford. definitely. All right. So Stephanie, we're going to do quick fire questions. questions. (laughs) Look at her face. (laughs) And this quick fire questions is brought to you by Taylor Harris Insurance Services. So you know the deal. Five questions. And I do have a new one. Hey, oh, got a new question. Yes. 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 Okay. This has not been ran by. Me. <laughs> Even though I might know the answer right now, but we'll see. All right. We will see. All right. So, favorite rider growing up? Pippa Funnel, because she was on top of the world when I first started noticing eventing. And I thought her and like Primer's Pride and Supreme Rock were like the coolest people I'd ever seen. So, good answer. Yeah. Very Excellent, good. Answer. Excellent answer. All right. If you were able to try another sport that did not involve horses, what would it be? <laughs> okay, so I'm going to, since I've already talked about skydiving, I've tried that. I'm going to throw that off the, the table. I think whitewater kayaking actually looks Ooh. really cool. I don't like being cold or wet, but I do love kayaking. So maybe a warm place for that. <laughs> that would be fun. That's dangerous. 
Eh, you know. <laughs> Not like skydiving. Yeah, I know, safe. right? <laughs> hey, you know what? Eventing is is like statistically several percentage points more dangerous than skydiving. So I always joke with Donnie that I'm safer when I'm at the drop zone. So it's fine. There you go. Whitewater <laughs> <Wow. laughs> kayaking does sound fun too. I think yeah. that sounds really cool. Yeah, it does. But when it's warm. Yeah. In the warm weather. Well, yeah. I mean, I would do the cold weather stuff. Mm-hmm. I would do it. Oh, I need like a whole waterproof oh. suit, 18 layers, maybe like some of those heat packs. I go. think 55 is cold, you guys. Like I I moved to Florida for a reason. <laughs> <laughs> I'd be afraid to flip upside down. Like I've I've uh, rafted and fallen out and gotten like caught in the rapids. Yeah. It's scary. Yeah. Yeah, I think at least those kayaks, like you watch them and they kind of pop back up and it, it looks it looks cool. Yeah. It yeah. kind of looks fun. Got to do it. Yep, got to try yeah. it. All right, so next question. Your favorite thing about the sport of eventing? The relationships you make with the the horses that you're lucky enough to be a partner to and the people that you help and help you along the way. I don't think there's quite anything like it. So definitely, definitely the relationships you make, the friendships, and I don't think there's anything quite like, you know, being in the start box at a, at a big show and just petting your horse and going, I got you, buddy. You got me and it's going to be just fine. So let's go have fun. Yeah. Yeah. Good answer. Very good answer. I know she is. (laughs) 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 All right. Uh, one thing you would change about the sport. Mm, I think we still have a long way to go in terms of safety. And I think, I think a lot of it is, um, you know, we talk a lot about rider responsibility and coach responsibility, but, you know, I think keeping everybody in you know, a bit more of a learning mindset that way, kind of, kind of similar to what I talked to earlier, where, you know, everybody's not afraid to keep getting better because I think it's really through proper training and everybody just, just take your time, you know, like don't be in such a rush and, and, you know, making sure that everybody feels supported to make good choices that way. Um, but yeah. Excellent. Excellent. Another excellent answer. Oh, right. All right. So last question. Oh man, finish strong. Yeah. <laughs> so good so far. <laughs> Pressure's on. All right. If you could ride any <laughs> if you could ride any horse, past, present, or fiction, who would it be? Oh, okay. So I, I kind of had to think about this. So I kind of bred my dream horse. I have the yearling that's standing in my barn. Well, she'll, she's almost yearling now, standing in my barn. So uh, I was lucky enough to get Laura Sarumi's mare, Atrax Robustus, that she took three star, who is like the most beautifully bred Dutch mare, just all like top show jumping lines. And this mare is like the coolest thing ever. We call her Spides. And uh, so I needed something that was a little bit bloody, but I didn't love a lot of the thoroughbreds that were out there for her particularly. So I bred her to Tomatillo, which is Tamarillo's clone. Cause I started watching videos of him and I was like, that looks like such a fun cross country ride. So I think considering how much we all love this Philly, it would have to be Tamarillo. Ooh, all right. Yeah. Good answer. Very good. Karen. All right. Well, 
I mean, A plus plus plus. A plus plus plus. <laughs> good answers. Very good well answers. Done. Yes. Thanks, guys. Very good work. Very good. Yeah. I'm not surprised. After the whole first three quarters of the interview, I'm not surprised. Yeah, me neither. Me neither. <laughs> me neither. <laughs> uh, so, Stephanie, we always like to ask for advice. And the fact that you've been a working student for so long for two different riders, um, do you have advice for that working student wanting to go out on their own? Wait until you understand the business as far as um, how you want to do it, right? Because you're, what you do doesn't have to be an exact replica of what anybody else does. And other people's goals don't have to be your goals. So figure out what part of the sport draws you, like what makes you happy, what fulfills you and do that because it's too easy to get burned out doing this, right? Like we work such long hours. We do it for the love of the sport, for the love of the horses. But at the end of the day, you get tired and you still have to make money doing it. So do, do whatever part of it makes you happy and fulfilled and make sure that you have something outside of horses, some, some life thing that you love, but make sure that, that you have a kind of an idea and a focus of what your own goals are. So you don't spend the first couple of years chasing around somebody else's dream, like do, do your dream and figure out how to make that work for you. Man, good answer. Golden. 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 <laughs> I think I love this. I love the fact yeah. that you took a time out from the riding or, you know, to like find another, um, just to get out of your head a little bit and, and, and expand yourself and, and, and. Well, you know, I was still, I was still riding, but gosh, like, you know, there have been times that, you know, 2018 and 2019 were probably, some of the most professionally successful years as far as, as results and, you know, things that I think kind of the outside world would measure as like, wow, she had a great year. And I did, but it was also some of the most, you know, when I picked my head back up, I was also burnt out and it wasn't anybody else's fault. It was just kind of where I was. And I realized that uh, you know, when I did it myself, I needed to do, I, I needed to balance my life in a way that I could keep myself happy because I do get burned out sometimes. So I make sure that when I do things, it, it's, it's in a way that, that keeps me fulfilled and feeling like I'm doing the right thing. Um, so yeah, I, I think that's the, that's kind of the trick of it is, is you just have to make sure that when you do it, it's, it's in a way that's going to keep you wanting to wake up every morning and, you know, doing what you need to do. And goodness, I've certainly woken up at two o'clock in the morning and stressed over, you know, my horses and clients' horses and, you know, kind of trying to figure out, okay, so that, that wasn't quite right. Like, what do I do? Like, how, how can I be creative about this and make it better? Um, and I know, I know I'm rambling a little bit, but you know, it's, it's kind of the, the thing that keeps you from stressing too much two o'clock in the morning and smiling enough at six o'clock in the morning or three o'clock in the morning when you need to wake up for the horse show for the third morning in the row. So. Yeah. I totally get it. Mm -hmm. And no, I think it's good. You know, it's good. You gotta, you can't, you gotta come up for air a little bit once in a while. Yep. Yeah, you else. do. You do. So, you know, even though I kept riding, I, I kind of realized that I needed 
I needed some sort of, of something because if you just have horses in your life, you know, one bad day, one bad ride on, on a horse can kind of wreck your day. Right. And you kind of need that little bit of perspective to go, you know, there's a lot of trouble and strife in the world. The world isn't all bad. And this one bad ride, it doesn't define me as a horseman or a rider. It doesn't make my horse a bad horse. Like, God, I don't know. Maybe he has a headache today. Maybe he's just, he wanted to eat some more hay. Like, I'm not always in the perfect mood every day, right? So how can we expect them to be? So it gives you a little bit more, um, a little bit more room to be able to say, you know what? Today wasn't our day, but I'm going to be creative. I'm going to come out here tomorrow and today's tomorrow is a new day and we're going to do our best. And if tomorrow isn't your day, all right, what do we try next? Because it's not a bad horse and I'm not a bad rider and I'm not a bad trainer and it's just time to kind of figure this out. So it it keeps a little bit more perspective and I think a little bit more happiness and joy in, in your training because I think sometimes riding around my field trying to figure out what makes horses tick is some of the happiest times of my entire riding career. You know, it's not the shows and, you know, having top results at at big shows, it's amazing, right? But figuring out like when a young horse goes, oh, that, you know, a young horse that's been struggling or a rider that's been trying to understand something, watching their faces light up and go, oh, oh, I understand now that's the coolest thing ever. You guys, (laughs) it really is. I love it. I love it. Fantastic. Yeah. I gotta say thank you to Libby for helping us line this up. Yes, definitely. Yes. Oh, Libby's the best. Yeah. (laughs) So thank you, Libby. Yes. Thank you. Uh, uh, Okay. So, Sponsors, speaking of sponsors, supporters, I mean, Libby obviously is a huge fan of yours because she messages, but uh, any sponsors, supporters that you'd like to shout out and, yeah, Libby's been uh Libby's been my sponsor since oh gosh, I think I was 19 years old. Wow. Um her higher standards leather care. She has the most amazing sense ever. Uh I keep bothering her to make uh William's donut blend because uh-huh. he is like the donut king and he loves his donuts. So I keep telling her she needs a, a Williams donut blend scent. Um, but higher standards leather care keeps your tech amazing. Uh and I ride in Forest Day Saddles. I uh, wasn't a really good brand before that. Loved them. They were super. Uh, but I sat in these saddles and, you know, I think the height of a good, you know, the, the peak moment of your tech is if I notice it, it's wrong. And I got on these saddles and the, the horses were happy and I never had to fight with them. And they've taken amazing care of me and amazing care of my clients. So can't recommend them enough. And then uh, Purple Magic Hoof Care, my fair Todd Meister developed it and it smells really good uh, and it's a little bit less toxic than a lot of the other um, hoof hardeners out there. And it's really great for these wet summers down here in Florida. So he's got a hardener and a balm and the balm makes their feet really pretty for the shows and it waterproofs them a bit. So it's all around a win. So there's a theme. It has to smell good. Yeah. Me and Stephanie's. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I like it How's the saddle smell? <laughs> the saddle smell good. You know, you pull all the box and you, you kind of got to whiff it a bit because, oh, goodness, things, things can get stinkier on the barn. Can't yeah. <laughs> right. Uh, very cool. That's well, thanks funny. again to Libby. And uh, Libby yeah. does a ton for That's the sport, too. So thank yeah. you for everything you do, Libby. Um, is that it for Oh, she's. I she's 
It is. It is. Yeah. No, Libby's like everybody's fairy godmother. She's the best. <laughs> she is. She's awesome. So uh, last thing before we wrap it up, Karen, just yes. how do people follow along? How do people follow along? The horse business, the skydiving business, everything else you got going. What else? You know, how do people follow along? Uh, so you can follow along the horse business. It is the Facebook page is Elemental Sport Horses at Skipjack Farm. Uh, finally got my my stuff together and started a Facebook page at the prodding of my uh, working students because they're very good on social media. And I was like, fine, you guys, you're right, you're right. Um, I have an Instagram page. It's at Skipjack Farm. Um, the skydiving business is centralfloridaskydiving.com, Central Florida Skydiving on Facebook, and Central Florida Skydiving on Instagram. That's awesome. So, well, I know yeah. when we were skydiving. First time ever. <laughs> First time ever. Oh my goodness. <laughs> Gotta come check it out, you guys. For sure. Ugh. I think that's very cool. I love I love your story. I love I love uh I love it when um when life uh, throws you a curveball and sometimes you just say, All right, I'm gonna just you know, just to to to, to figure out a new path or, or whatever. And all of a sudden all yeah. these great things kinda landed your way. So things are going great now. So yeah, you know, I I've never I've never necessarily had an Olympic dream. Not that I'd I'd say no to it if the opportunity arose, but you know, I've never been like I have to get the Olympics because that's I I just I want to have a barn full of horses I love that I make the best I can be. Right, I want to compete at the top level, but it's not it doesn't define my life. Being a good horseman and a good person does. Um, and I want to, I want to surround myself with joy. So, you know, I want to make sure that I've got a happy barn, happy employees, happy clients, happy horses, and gosh, I just want to have fun with it. And that's so far so good. So I, I have to say I'm very happy. Well, you've made us happy I with know, this interview. Right? I know. <laughs> this was wonderful. Cheered me right up. <laughs> now, I really appreciate it. You have a great, a great outlook, mm-hmm. and it's it's a very, uh, it's wonderful. I love it. So, Karen, was this fantastic? This was great. I'm sure our listeners are going to love this interview. Yeah. So pick up the phone and call Stephanie because yes. I don't know. Do you, I don't know. It sounds like she's pretty packed with stuff, but I, know. I don't know. Give her a ring anyway. You never know. So. I love teaching. I really do. And I love the young horses. They make me so happy. And I'm like, they're such dinguses, all of them. But if you can figure out what makes them tick, they're so much fun. (laughs) That that sounds like someone who loves her job, Karen. Mm -hmm. It does. Stephanie, thank you again so much for for being our guest today. Thank you. It was so nice talking to you. I'm so nervous, but you guys are so easy to talk to. Thanks for listening. We hope you enjoyed today's show. Please subscribe on Apple Podcasts, Google, or your favorite podcast app. Cheers!